just as in the markets, just in life. Expect the unexpected. You'll find out more about that in a few seconds. Market getting a lift today, quote unquote. Earnings galore, Bitcoin busting out. Blue Putnam at 8.20 a.m. to discuss CPI, PPI not till Friday. It's a Wednesday, and this is pre-market prep, but it's coming at to you in a different way. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We had a strong rally at the end of the day. That is continuing, journeying back to 4,500, up 25 handles, 44.96 and a quarter. We'll see what happens today, see if the bulls can fight back. Uh, the box still strong, uh, down six cents today, but nearing 105 at 104.79. Bonds up a few ticks after getting shellacked yesterday, 118 and 5.30 seconds. Crude quiet, up a nickel, 77.92. Gold back at 2K, down 370 at 2003. And what do we got? Silver in the red by 8 cents at 22.07. Bitcoin futures, they're ripping. They're up 22.70, just near 52K in the futures. Well, when I said this was going to be a different day today, I got a different co-host today, and we will bring him on right now. I think it's a familiar face here to the PMP crowd. Christian Fromherz, how you doing today? Good. Cold uh, from downtown New York City. Uh, it's about 27 degrees this morning. No snow today. You now They said that we were going to get a huge snowstorm, which it's always like the boy that cried wolf. Uh, exactly. They always say that we're going to get a huge snowstorm, be prepared, and then it's flurries. All right, so we're going to start out with an over-under here. So I get a text at 7.30 this morning from Triple D that he has a stomach flu. Now, you guys, if, if you have a queasy stomach here, you probably don't want to hear this statistic. But what do you think the over-under was on the amount of times that he puked last night? Oh. <laughs> an over-under. Come on. Are you asking me? You... Yeah, I'm asking you. I'm asking the chat if know. they're not this, totally this is, disgusted. This is a horrible way to, to stop. A horrible I'll say, way? I'll say four. I I don't. 30. He estimated oh, come 30. On. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dennis says he's here and says bad conversation. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about the price, ta price action from yesterday. And uh, holy macro, you had to buy the dip, but it was all about when you bought the dip. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that that's, uh, it was a little bit tricky there in the beginning of the day. You know, we had that like initial bounce. Um, but, um, you know, when, when one of the things that I measure or take a look at during the day is just the, the overall breath. Uh, and mm -hmm. it just was, it was horrible. And, you know, so once we got that initial bounce, I, I didn't think that we were going to have enough to kind of reverse. Um, and then of course we kind of took out the lows, uh, you know, in the afternoon yeah. and, and, um, you know, I, I thought that just the, the breath just continued to get worse and worse, but, um, you know, I, I would say the, the one nice thing is we, we did not end on the lows yesterday. Um, the VIX, we could, which we, I think is also important to talk about too, you know, really cranked up yesterday. I think we got to like, you know, a 17 VIX or something like it was over mm -hmm. 17 handles. So, um, I thought that was notable. And then of course we didn't close, you know, it didn't close on the highs. It kind of came off to about 15. Well, it was really amazing when uh, when when it came back at the end of the day, and a lot of times you get the you get the follow through, right? And it the strong follow through this morning. Uh, comment in the chat about this is not what the bears want to see. Like the the bears had their day 
part of the day yesterday, and we've come rolling back. I didn't get a chance to figure the 50% retracement on the move yet, but we can, we can, it's probably right around 4,500, and that's something I'd like to take a look at. But, uh, Hey, Christian, let's go to your charts here. And man, we got a lot to discuss. And uh, boy, oh boy, lift. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, they come out and they give their report. They beat by a dime, right? 18 versus eight. And I think the revenues were a little bit better too. And then they come out and they say that, or in print, that they uh, the gross margin expanded by 500 basis points or 5%, and that sent the stock just into orbit here. So if you're reading the headline, you're like, holy mackerel, they took this thing up to uh, 1950. Did you, uh, were you in that price action at all? Or let's talk about Lyft here for a few minutes. I, I didn't, um, you know, and it's kind of, to me that the, you know, the, the, screw up that they had in terms of reporting is just kind of how the stock has been acting a little bit too or like i don't know if that's symbolic of you know how the company is run because <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it's it, you know it's been lagging obviously uber for a long time but um you know you look at where the stock was and um i don't know what you know where did it, it actually got to 2050 Actually, yeah. it had a bad day yesterday. Street, you know, long consolidation period uh, between like 12 and a half and 13 and a quarter. Bad day yesterday, along with the market. And I stand corrected. That stock got up over $20. Yeah. That got to 20.50. So, uh, boom, boom. I'm just uh, real short. You can give your technicals and then we can talk about Uber here. Uh, it yeah. Just, yeah. It just seems here, it just looks like. 15 like uh, he did have a seller after everything settled down this 15 looks like where it's going to be the the battle for the bulls and the bears and i will say there was a high at 15 and a quarter i'm just throwing out the pre-market action a couple highs at the 15 and a quarter area uh and then the next daily high after that's closer to 16 but i think for this one uh you know, holding a 15 bid uh, off the open for uh, the laggard. And uh, so you're in the, you're in the uh, Uber office, right? And did you, they're like, did you see what Lyft did? And then they come out and they had stock that's already trading near old time highs. They come out with a $7 billion buyback. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. It seems like they, they kind of trumped them, uh, you know, in, in terms of the, the announcement. And they, you know, basically come out and say, hey, here, you know, here's how you do it. Um, you know, forget the 50 basis points or, five, you know, 500 basis points, um, you know, mess up that they had. And what, what other point that I wanted to make before I shift from Lyft to Uber is that, you know, there's a there's a decent short interest in Lyft. I think the, the short interest is 13% of the float. So, of course, you know, that sent, uh, you know, whenever you you've got, I think, uh, mm -hmm. short interest over 10%, you know, it sends the short scrambling a little bit. So, um, you know, huge knee jerk reaction to that one. But I, I agree, like, I think if it can stay above 15, um, <clears throat> you know, then it can maybe make a, a turn here. But, you know, my opinion is always go with the better of the two. And I saw a recent post about, I think it was last week, about how much Uber is taking uh, your market share away from Lyft. And, um, you know, I, I actually liked the price action yesterday in Uber. I was kind of watching it. And I think, you know, some of your stronger growth names, you know, really kind of came in and tested the 20-day moving average and held up pretty well. So, I think the trend is, you know, certainly intact here. And, um, you know, so that, so what is it? The first ever buyback that they're having? In yeah. There? Yep. Yep. They're returning, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, some equity to shareholders here. This thing is up seven and a half, almost 8%. I'm just going to give you, this is uncharted territory here. Uh, you uh, traded up to 7462. I mean, maybe look at, it, you know, some numbers at the whole number of 75. Uh, buybacks seem to like linger for a day or two. So, I mean, if you're looking to sell into this, how do you approach, uh, you know, buy, I mean, they're not buying a $7 billion share, worth of shares right now. How do you approach buybacks? 
I, I mean, I think it's definitely a, you know, it's a positive. Am I going to go out right away? And, you know, I, you know, it's better when there's a, there's a specific story about like a new feature or something like that to me, but you know, it, it to me, it's just, it's more just wind at the backs, uh, you know, for, um, for Uber, it's, it's a positive thing. And it just means like this, you know, this is a name that I want to buy on, on pullbacks because, that's how they're probably going to be approaching that buyback as well is, you know, they're going to be in there probably buying uh, when there's a little bit of dip. You know, I think that they can, uh, you know, the way that they do buyback, they can kind of pick and choose, you know, what days they're going to do that. So it's just another tailwind for the stock. It's just amazing, though, when a stock's trading at all-time highs, right, to see that. I mean, you don't want to get CVF, yeah. right? I mean, they, they did that huge buyback, and that was right near the top. And, you know, maybe they're perceiving, you know, some potential weakness here. So, uh, but right now, I mean, absolutely no weakness. Do you have a, a preference, uh, Lyft versus Uber? I mean, I have an Uber app, but I'm usually with Lisa, so she usually uh, dials it up. I don't think I even have a Lyft app. I do. I use both. I mean, and I'm not really, you know, I, I don't really have any major preferences. Like I, I have both on my phone and I'll go to whichever one is cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, for a little bit, I was noticing that Lyft was, there's a little bit of an edge, <laughs> like a, ride, a, a rider's edge and, and you could get a little bit of a cheaper ride. But um, the last time I, I went from the airport, you know, the prices were basically in line. I have noticed that I think that you could get an Uber sometimes a little bit like the weight is less, like you can get a, an Uber a little bit faster, but also it goes to the, you know, to the business. And, um, you know, I remember from, from their earnings, what they were saying in terms of, they also have the Uber eats, right. Which is, you know, it, you know, and if you look at the other stock, of course, that's, um, that is in play here is, is, um, is dash. And oh, that okay. is, has also been strong too, because so they have the delivery business Lyft is not in that. And you know, that that's a pretty good market. Um, I don't, I'll tell you, I don't use that. Um, I pick up my, you know, when I'm ordering takeout, I go ahead and pick it up. But, um, I know a lot of people who I just, I hear people say, Hey, well, we'll just dash this. And I'm like, okay, really? Like that, it's even like, that's how the terminology is. So I, you know, I think <laughs> it's this a verb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and this stock is pretty strong, too. So I, I would prefer both of these. The one other story that um, with these companies that I also heard, which is not getting that much attention, is I guess there's a, there's there's striking for in some cities uh, today. Yeah. And it's it's like just between a couple hours. It's not a full blown driver strike, but they're like striking for a couple hours. So you may get a little bit of a chance to buy these names a little bit cheaper if that. Um, strike ends up being more than just for today okay and uh you've uh in the valentine's day theme you uh you're wearing a red shirt today orange orange, orange? Thank, thank, okay. thank you though happy, happy okay. valentine's day yeah happy valentine's day out there uh uh to everybody i mean uh kind of skipped that at the beginning of the show so uh all right let's move on to yep. you know we're staying on kind of travel and leisure let's go to airbnb traded down six bucks here I'm looking at the report, and uh, I see the EPS gap estimate. They lost $0.55, cents, uh, slight beat on the sales, just now by $600 million. Nights and ex uh, experience booked up $98 million, 12% year over year. Revenue beat, $6 billion share buyback. Christian, what don't they like about this report? So yeah, it's funny another buyback too, um, and I and I think that that might be the first for Airbnb too. But uh, so you had a lot of whipsaw action there, and you know, and a move all the way up to one sixty four and all the way back down. So it'll be interesting to see if this one gets bought. The the negative that kind of brought the stock down is that they they said that they're starting to see demand soften up a little bit for the rental market, which is new. Um, I think what they were like last year, it was a very strong when they reported earnings. They were they were mentioning that the rental market is very strong. So um, they did mention that they're that they're starting to see a little bit of weakness so far this month. So I think that's the catalyst for the um, for the reversal in the stock wow i got a 167 20 print on my screen on a bracket that traded oh like a million uh, close to you know, over a half a million shares 
Then you go from 167.20, you go all the way down to 139.90. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure what the expected move was here, but uh, uh, down six bucks. The stock's had a nice run. As far as looking for support here, I like to look for a couple lows in the same area. Uh, and that area is going to come in kind of near the pre-market low. Uh, 141.24 was a, a daily low. I don't know. If you're going to get it, see if you get filed through here. But I'd kind of be looking at this 140 to 142 area uh, as potential support coming back on the upside. Uh, you can see a gap fill in this one. And it might be a, a tough gap to fill because you had two lows at the same area right at the 48 and a half area. So if you get a rebound, that's only four bucks away. The stock, you know, moving uh, off the pre-market low. So not looking too bad here uh, for a uh, Airbnb. So currently trading down uh, $6. Uh, let's go to, let's go to Upstart here. And, oh boy. Uh, yeah, another <laughs> wild child here. Uh, upstart revenues beat. Uh, they only, they lost uh, eleven cents. Uh, Street was looking fourteen. Sales beat by a little over five million. Man, that this company does not make a lot of money. No. Uh, one forty point nine one versus one thirty four eighty nine. Let's uh, you pull up the you pull up your charts. Let's talk upstart. Upstart, yeah. Uh, I oh. think, I, in my opinion, that you know, they have not been churning out good earnings. It it hasn't just been one, you know, particular quarter. You know, particular quarter. Uh, it seems like this has been now been a pattern with them. And I get it. I think people have been watching that. People like to look and say, "Well, there's big short interest with Upstart and so forth," and that's a draw. But really, I I think they either need to kind of turn the um, turn course and have a good quarter for this to be something that I would have up on my screens more than just looking at what the earnings did, um, you know, or they need to come out with some feature because uh, I think this is going to be an underperformer. I would, I would not buy the dip personally. <clears throat> All right. You did odd uh, band the initial shock boy overreactions everywhere. You got down yeah. to the 2450 area. Um, and that kind of lined up nice with uh, some dailies from some lows. Well, it was actually above that. The, the daily lows were closer to the 23 and a half area. But the fact that you've bounced five bucks off that area makes me think that if, uh, you know, you're coming back on the downside, you're going to have to be a little more uh, choosy with your bids. Uh, you did take out 30. Let's look at yesterday's range. Yesterday's range came in, uh, the bottom of the range came in at 32.47. So that would be resistance. I, I have this thing in, uh, in, in no man's land here, really, after losing. I think before you can, you got to get back over $30 and get a sustained bid over 30 to get your, um, your, uh, your, your, you know, any kind of potential uptrend in place. Is there anything you like to trade with upstart? Is there, um, is this just, kind of in the is this more in a buy now pay later or pay never uh area i you know for whatever reason this gets grouped in with a firm and even though i i think that they're set you know completely different businesses um but I, you know you go back to like what a firm did on earnings too which was whippy and um you know i was listening to the ceo you know come on a couple of the uh, the, the broadcasts and you know, he was like, okay, you know, we did well and we're not embarrassed of the quarter. And I don't know, I didn't, yeah. I just didn't like the sound of it. But, you know, even this, like, so I, I would tend to look more at if I had to, like, the old, like, gun to head, what, you know, which one would you look at? It, I would be looking at this one, um, but I, I don't like it either. I, I just think that there's better plays out there than um than this particular situation and you know it it broke to me you know if you look at yesterday and the price action that we got yesterday and i and i, I know that we're going to get to this but you know when you have the overall market fall as much as it did right you want to see some fight back in names you don't want to see it like if there's names that just basically closed you know around the lows of the day versus names that really huh. had a you know came back and almost you know there's a bunch of names that came back and were almost unched for the um for the day 
like that's where I want to be in this market. You know, I want to be in the names that people looked at yesterday and said, hey, I got a dip in the name. I'm buying. To me, this was not one of those. Names. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Using the market. OK, uh, we're going to bring in our guests a little bit early today. So uh, let's go to him right now. Lou Hotnum, the former economist at the CME, joining us here a day after CPI. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I got to ask you, like when, when you sent me that email, you said you were going to see Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? <laughs> yeah, we're in New York for Valentine's. They have a great comedy show and they're at the Beacon Theater. So uh, we're going to enjoy it. Oh, that's tonight then. Yes. Okay, another important question. Are you going to take an Uber there or a Lyft there? We're going to walk. We're staying around the corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Blue. Uh, wow. What a reaction to the CPI numbers. And after I saw it, after, you know, the market tanked like it did. And, you know, Dennis, you know, came back on. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, it, it was higher. It was hotter than expected. Uh, talk to us about your expectations for the mark, uh, you know, for the number and how the market reacted. Well, I wasn't expecting it to tick up the one tenth it did on the month over month. So, you know, it's a little hotter for me, too. Uh, <clears throat> but when you look at it, I mean, these numbers, <clears throat> economists aren't that good at getting every one tenth right, you know, and there's a decent amount of volatility in the monthly numbers. So I don't see anything really different going on. Uh, if you look at the year-over-year -year numbers, they actually improved a little bit. It was the month-over-month -month that surprised people. People are looking at the month-over-month -month now more than the year-over-year -year because uh, Jay Powell told them to. You know, he said, "I gotta, I gotta get more confidence," and so you get more confidence each month. But if you look at the year-over-year -year and in the CPI, not even the not even the PCE, but the CPI, and you take out shelter. You've been under 2% for like six, seven months, you know, so we're, and you're still there. Didn't change yesterday. Uh, the problem yesterday was in shelter, not shelter, services, sorry. Uh, and, you know, services are going to be higher than goods. Goods, there is no goods inflation left. So you're just uh, averaging services with goods and you're getting your inflation rate down. So I, you know, I didn't see any major change. Uh, Jay Powell already told us they're not cutting rates in March. An amazing number of people didn't believe him, but, you know, he was pretty adamant. So I think they believe him now. That's what came through yesterday. Uh, you know, it could be July before they actually start cutting because they, they definitely want to see a few more months. Okay. Uh, I just got your charts here. Uh, Aaron, if you could uh, share my chart here. Uh, the annualized inflation based on the last six months. Uh, pretty accurate description here. So it really, you know, the core, it was a little bit hot. You, you, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the shelter there. Uh, let's move on here. To, Wait a minute. Uh, Hold on. Stay on this one just one second. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, this, is, this chart is becoming um, more important because of the idea that the Fed needs to gain confidence. So we're just looking at the last six months of data, looking at the month over months and uh, annualizing that. And so you can see the CPI core is just a touch higher than the CPI, but you take out shelter and you're in great shape. Um, so that's what people are looking at to gain confidence. By the way, the Fed does not target the CPI. It targets the PCE core inflation rate, which is lower. That's okay, it looks point. like, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Christian. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, the CPI is not the only measure um, you know, certainly out there and, um, you know, blue, you know, hits a, hits the nail on the head. I mean, their, their favorite inflation gauge is the, uh, the PCE deflator. Now, of course, like the market for whatever reason has been more focused on that number, but, um, we'll see. And, you know, we've got a number, you know, clearly the, the expectations for a March cut really moved down into basically nothing, which is, I think is good that the market's not implying that that's going to happen anymore. But that said, I mean, we're going to get so much more data that comes out, too. We don't know if this report is a one-off. And, um, you know, as Dennis said yesterday, it's a tenth of a percentage point you know, yes. above expectations. It's really, you know, 
in in all you know things, it's not that big of a deal to see just one tenth of a percentage point higher. We'll oh yeah, if, if you get if you get focused on a one tenth, you're not paying attention to the volatility of the data. Uh, you know, it's like asking exactly. a weatherman to get everything exactly right. You know, they're not going to do that. Neither are the economists. By the way, this chart is the PCE core. And this is the one the Fed watches. And it's been below 2% on this six-month basis for all of one month. And that data comes out at the end of the month. So, you know, it could easily tick up one-tenth, too, and, you know, be back there. But what it's telling you is inflation really is pretty close to 2% on the core basis that the Fed looks at. They're not far away. They just want more confidence. But why do they why do they act like they're so far away? And then in the same breath, you know, so ready to talk about cutting interest rates. <laughs> well, if an if a recession were to develop, <laughs> then they would have to cut rapidly. But if the recession does not develop and it looks like we're going to cruise into the first and second quarters of this year doing just fine, labor markets are fine then it buys them the time and, and they really don't want to make a mistake. They would rather be late because they don't feel any urgency here. The economy's doing fine. They don't need, the urgency is not there. So they, they think they can take their time. I really wouldn't argue with that. I mean, if, you know, I would probably have cut sooner because I'm already convinced, but they're not. So they can wait. Uh, just as they were uh, slow to react on uh, on raising rates, and you're kind of uh, foreseeing that that same scenario here. Uh, I, you know, they were late on, excuse me, raising rates. You think they'll be just equally as slow in bringing them back down? Uh, as long as we don't have a recession, the answer to that is absolutely yes. Um, you know, the thing is that. What we saw in the market yesterday just reminded us of how important rates are to the market. Uh -huh. But the rates are not that important to the economy. The, uh -huh. You know, the, the economy, the jobs market is dancing to a very different drummer than the, uh, the S&P or the NASDAQ, things like that. So, you know, if they're slow, they slow on raising rates and slow on cutting rates, doesn't matter to the economy. Uh, but it does matter to the equity markets. By the way, this last chart is kind of fun. This one is uh, takes you back to 1960, compares the federal funds rate, which is the lighter blue line on top of PCE core inflation. And it really tells you that the, the last decade is the outlier where, you know, they kept rates just so low for so long. And that's why, you know, we had such great bond and equity markets until they started raising rates. Uh, and, and I think what the markets I mean, the equity markets have to really consider is, do we need to get out of worrying about whether rates go up or down a quarter of a point and really focus increasingly about earnings? Because the Fed's going to keep the Fed funds rate above the rate of inflation, just, you know, not quite as much as it is right now. So, you know, I think we're in a transition period for uh, for the stock market where, you know, we're going to learn not to be quite as uh, uh, skittish, if you will, about one-tenth of one percent on the inflation like yesterday and really start, you know, like where, where, gonna, where are we going to be on a couple of years out earnings? Which are the industries that are going to make it? Which industries are AI going to disrupt more than others, you know? And, I, and so I think we're about to head into a more, much more earnings-driven conversation, which I will certainly welcome. Lou, uh, just a quick question for you. I mean, do you, considering that it was just a, a tenth of a percentage point higher than expected, do you think it was just more about that the markets had been on such a nice run and were basically priced to perfection uh, going into that report? I won't argue with that. Uh, they were definitely on edge uh, because, you know, they, there were plenty of people worried that this rally couldn't continue. And they got that one little you know, trigger of information and wow, did they sell fast. But, you know, we're grinding a little bit back today. Uh, the other market that got hit, interestingly, and, uh, in, you know, is gold. Uh, the, the higher for longer on rates is not good for gold. And the stronger, the, you know, healthier economy is not good for gold. So I think we're down below 2000 again. 
uh, on gold. So that that's another one that's impacted here. Uh, just before we let you go, Blue, uh, you know, we got to talk about, you know, the banking system. Uh, we got to talk about what went on with NYCB looking at this is uh, or the street, at least is reacting that it's uh, just a one off. Uh, you know, the higher the rates stay up here, the more these banks are going to be, you know, upside down on their loans. And, you know, we all know, you know, it's not the biggest part of the market here. You know, looking at the financial sector here, not looking like any individual names. I mean, this is this is not good for them, right? Well, the uh, the regional banks that have a very very large exposure to commercial real estate in the largest cities, they're in big trouble. But regional banks that are outside the big cities, they'll turn over their loan portfolios. They're not going to have much increased credit risk. They're, they're going to be fine. Uh, not great, of course. Their earnings are not going to be as good as you might want. But, you know, we're not talking systematic risk here or anything like that. So and, and I, I can't figure out who hadn't gotten the message that commercial real estate in the big cities was in trouble. I mean, I was having a conversation with my dog the other day and he, was, he couldn't figure out why, you know, people didn't already know that. I mean, that email has been out there. Yeah, it certainly has. So, all right, we're going we're gonna to let you go here. We've been on the line with Blue Putnam. He's the former chief economist at my old stopping grounds, the CME. Joining us, I, well, here's one other thing. So CPI is usually Tuesday or one day, and this, the PPI is usually the next day. We did have some adjustments to the PPI numbers here. Um, and then I think last month or two months ago, they had the PPI first and then the CPI. What What's going on there uh, uh, with that? Are they just trying to confuse people or just the way the numbers are calculated when they fall, when they release them? I have absolutely no idea. But, you know, as an economist, I can guess. I suspect somebody went on vacation and they just needed to alter the schedule and now they're back. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hopefully uh, it's not the same person putting out the uh, the lift releases uh, for the earnings. But uh, Blue, thanks a lot. We always dial you up around those uh, around the inflation numbers. So I'll look on the calendar. We'll get that PCI number and we'll get you back real soon. Right. Thanks, Joe. Okay, uh, going back here, S&Ps did climb over 5,000. We got the 5,075. Uh, Christian, does that does that become a cycle? I mean, I did have any daily highs or lows in, in the vacuum that you had in the market. I mean, we were basically trading at, what, 50, 20, 50 and a quarter, and the price action didn't really give you much uh, look at 5K, Uh Looking at the S&P or the spiders, something, uh, we did yeah. have a rally this morning. What, you know, 5K, is it psychological to you or do you have uh, a level in between? I'm not a, uh, you know, these big levels like that, I think it's, I, I guess, you know, something to kind of keep in mind. But I'm really looking at, um, can, I, can I share my screen again? Or? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Switch, okay. uh, Aaron, switch them over. Oh, look at that. You guys are you guys are uh, on the ball. Um, I, you know, so just super short term. Okay, right? Real quick, Christian, yeah. can you zoom in on your chart? The chat was saying it was a little hard to read. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, I could do that. Thank uh, you. Okay. Thanks, I'll sir. get, I'll get them zoomed in. Um, so yeah, it, you know, what I would be watching just, just for today and this week, right. It's just um, this value area and notice that we kind of came in, you know, right at towards the end of the day yesterday, took out this particular level down here, which was 49.54 in S&P futures. This is an S&P futures chart, by the way. And, um, and, and then we basically got back into the range for, uh, you know, and I am going to zoom out here just a minute. Uh, this is basically the range uh, based on volume at price from last week. So we're basically like, you know, as much as like as far as the VIX went up yesterday, we're basically just back to where we were last week. So to me, um, I would really be watching for if we break that range again um, from, you know, from last week, 
which is this uh, 4968 level. So that's what I'm watching. I, I don't know if we get a full full recovery. I think it's also really important to keep an eye, as Bloom mentioned a little bit about wh- what rates are doing. I think also the dollar is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's going to also drive your, your outperformance between some sectors and, and the other. Um, you mentioned regional banks, and I just wanted to just go quickly just to look at that chart. Um, and, you know, I think that they're kind of teetering a bit. Um, you know, where they closed last week was a positive. Um, and what I'm looking at here is just the daily chart, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at um, the range as well from last year. And, you know, we've been above, you know, we had a rally towards the end of the year, which Part of the catalyst was there, you know, was Powell changing his tune um, and notice that we've given back a lot of those gains. But, um, you know, we'll see what the rest of this week has in terms of the PPI report. Yeah, I agree, Joel. I don't know why that they staggered the um, the PPI a couple of days later, but I, this is not an area that I would really want to be involved in unless we do see Powell kind of commit to further um, cuts later this year. And, and I think this continues to underperform. Okay, yeah, I just, uh, and of course, you know, you have to look at your levels from that day that we had yesterday, uh, looking at the S&Ps, and you got, y'all can look at your stocks, uh, but the low of the day was a list right around a point from the low of last week. So I know we talk about intraday levels a lot in here. We talk about, you know, daily levels, the pre-market, uh, uh, after-hours action. Uh, but when you really drill down to it, you know, the daily charts make the weekly charts, the weekly made the monthlies. And uh, as far as the S&Ps go, the low from last week uh, came in at 49.37.75. We went to 49.36.50. So if you're waiting on your weekly levels, you got a good buy there. And then I just calculated the 50% retracement and that comes in right over 5,000. So think we got an important range here to, you know, will be important for today's action. We don't necessarily just have to bust back above 5,000, but, you know, sustained bid. I mean, this going to close is uh, over 20 handles away. Not like a huge update. I would like to see us just kind of have like a, uh, you know, an inside day and uh, defend the close. The bears that they definitely, they, they're, they're hurting today, man. If you did, they did a cover. And that last 15 minutes or so, they're back, just back underwater again. The song remains the same. Let's get back to a little bit more earnings. And then, Christian, I know you got a few topics uh, that you sure. want to cover. Uh, but let's go to Robinhood. And whoo, Robinhood, the hood, up uh, a buck 76 here. That seems to uh, uh, coincide with the pickup in Bitcoin here. Looking at it, uh, they were expected to lose a penny, but they made three cents. Uh, sales of beat two, uh, four fifty-seven, and they came in at four seventy-one. Uh, you know, they 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 grew subscribers. They did a lot of things right here. Robinhood. Let's get your fundamental comments on Robinhood, and then we'll look at the technicals. Yeah, you know what's interesting is the chart has actually been looking pretty decent. Um, it's something that I was kind of looking at towards the end of last year, that this is really kind of turning around. Um, let me just bring up the, the weekly chart. Um, okay. And a couple of things that, that I, you know, so they are a little bit of a, a, a play on Bitcoin and cryptos. And by the way, we haven't even talked about the Bitcoin move yet. No, we this morning, which, which is making like one of the most impressive moves, I think this morning. But if you look at this chart, you're really basing out here and uh you know it's around 11 or 12 bucks i have to say like i I think it's compelling here because you know not only you know this name had a obviously big decline from when it went ipo but just the fact that it's been basing 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 and basing and i heard that they've got some new features that they're rolling out where they can basically they're letting you see um in a name like who the buyers and who the sellers are um, I don't know if you caught this, but um, no, tell me about it. Yeah, they're they're basically saying like, okay, in a in a respective name, you could go in and you could say, okay, the volume for the day was like thirty percent retail and like you know forty percent institutional, and there was institutional buying. So they're they're you know they're coming out with new features, and you know when when I see a name that's basing like this, 
and if and they start to come out with features that um, people are interested in, I think that this one has a chance. Um, so I'm I'm interested in this one. And you know, again, I, it's one of those things too where I think you you have to be patient um, because you could see how it's just methodically been going in the range. But I would really kind of keep an eye on this uh, this upper level of the range here, uh, right around thirteen fifty, and you oh. might be able to get a nice outperformance going here in Robinhood. Yeah, look at that. You had patient buyers here at the uh, $8 level back in November, and then it kind of got away from them. Those buyers reemerged here at the 1050 area. That was back uh, January early. In fact, as early as uh, uh, the beginning of the month here at the 1050 area. Now you're getting a big pop. So, man, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to build that base. I think... I'd like to say it come back down to $12. You had a pair of daily highs at $12.13 and $11.94. But, man, just feels like with the market, uh, where we're, as we are trading right now, up a buck seventy-two. I think resistance is going to be easier to identify than support. And your pre-market high comes in at $13.84. And then I went to – I had to go to the monthlies here. And your next monthly high – Comes in at thirteen ninety five, so fourteen. I'd have to get. I mean, in this kind of market, the way things have been, just follow through after the reports. You can use that for targets, but if you're really looking for one of these absolute uh, gangbuster days, I think you got the bulls. Will have to establish a fourteen bid, a strong fourteen bid. We haven't seen that yet. Uh, let's shift over to Bitcoin here. Up uh, nearly twenty five hundred dollars. All the people that bought on that. ETF Friday, they are now in the money. Uh, up, just got. Let's get your comments here on Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think this is one of the most impressive uh, moves of of the day. I mean, we're now breaking through those um, those highs, and we did this the other day, and. You know, whenever we kind of get to a level um, where, which is basically where you know where we were when they started to roll out those Bitcoin ETFs, which it was the old um, buy the rumor, sell the news, uh -huh. but it, you know it really regrouped quite nicely here. So I think that this is interesting, and you know, again, it's one of those. It's it's a case for you know maybe going along a little bit of the, of hood. You know, it's it's you know for having that name, and you know another way that you could play hood, by the way, is you is you could use it. You could basically um, do a pair trade, which you could go. Long Long hood and maybe short the regional banks, which are more, more exposed to the um, to the move in interest rates. But yeah, I mean, I think that this is interesting. Um, breakout of those uh, of the previous highs. Next area that I really see on my charts is all the way up at sixty one five sixty. I'm just going to oh. check that with the um, see if I see anything on the hourly. But yeah, I mean, I think that <laughs> I think that Bitcoin, you know, has a has a real chance here because I don't see any major. Uh, I don't see any major resistance nearby no. now that we're clearing. So this looks wow. pretty good. And, um, you know, we can begin to kind of look at some of the other uh, names too in this space, such as like, you know, Amara, which I know has been seeing a lot of call activity um, recently. Um, so this name has been, you know, talking about names that were, that were doing well yesterday, the, the crypto bunch, you know, and I use the blockchain ETF BLOK. And that was one of your um, your better names yesterday. So here here's Mara, and this is the one hour chart. Let me just back it up to the daily chart. And um, yeah, I mean, this is not back out those highs from last month. So this could be a nice little catch up trade. You know, maybe up to thirty thirty two. I see um, that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That that's uh yeah on a relative basis, you think that would be uh, a strong thirty two bid here. Uh, we're talking Bitcoin here. So let's uh, let's just transition over uh, to the dollar, uh, the U.S. dollar. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, hey, this rally in the dollar is not good for the market. Yep. And market still seems to shrug it off. I'm looking at the dollar index here. What's your your I don't know if you like the UUP or the UUD. Uh, give us your thoughts on the, the U.S. dollar uh, still still maintaining right on, on the futures here. Trying to get back at 105 at its highest levels since early November. Yeah, you know, what's tough this morning um, is both the dollar and rates. They're not, you know, they're not really moving too much. Um, the dollar is down 10, 10 basis points this morning. It was up about a half a percent yesterday. So it needs to stop here. <laughs> you know, I, I think so. This is like a three month high that we're seeing in um 
in the dollar. And yeah, this is concerning. You know, this is a headwind. I view the dollar when it goes up as risk off for equities. So, you know, just very similar to what's going, you know, we could look at the TLT chart next, but yeah, I, I personally don't want to see, um, you know, the dollar move much higher than this. And I think it will not be good for, for, um, for equity bulls to see a move higher in the dollar here. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if the, um, the rest of the data this week kind of quiets it down a little bit. Um, but if not, like, you know, these are things that I have in the back of my mind to say, you know, okay, you know, maybe you want to make some adjustments to your trading right now. And instead of like, you know, swinging for the fences, you know, or even like doubles or triples in your trading in, in the equity market, you know, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, uh, shooting for like, you know, hitting for base hits. And like, I know that's something that Dennis talks about a lot of times too, you know, it might be more, and you know, when he comes back on, you know, it would be a great question for him to see if he's moving more of his type of daily strategy to selling the rip and, uh, you know, still buying the dip a little bit, but more selling the rip. Uh, I mean, we'll get him, hopefully get him back on tomorrow. But I, I think just from the, the way that, you know, the overreaction in the market was, you know, we had just been going up. I mean, we've just been going up every day. I think we were up like six out of seven days. So, I mean, you know, the mega bulls, you know, they like down days, right? Because they can get back into the market. I mean, I think what we're talking about here and really with the CPI, Bitcoin and the dollar and everything, it really comes back down to the rates, right? And we could talk yep. to TLT here. Um, you had the Ackman bottom. Boy, Ackman has been making some good calls. You had the top just over par there. You're pulling back. And on, on my charts on the TLT, uh, half of this move uh, from that low around 82.50 up to the high just under 101, you're coming back into your 50% retracement here at uh, 91.61. So if you, uh, in my opinion, you know, you're, you're getting near a buy zone here. I'm really not seeing anything, you know, relative to, you know, to rates, right. Or what the fed's going to do to give this a boost. Uh, you're looking to maybe pick this up a little bit lower, get some consolidation around this area. You just think uh, maybe just chop around between 90 and 94 for a while. I, I'm worried that if we if we break, you know, if we continue to break, you know, let's say 92 in TLT, you know, we've kind of been going for the last few months more in, in a sideways pattern. And mm -hmm. um, we may be getting to kind of shift from sideways to downtrend. Right. And, you know, as a as an equity investor trader too, you you want to you want to have as many things like at your back or like confirming. Um, so this is to me, um, if if rates continue to move higher, TLT continues to move lower. This is not a good, you know, this this is would be more of a diverging uh, type of move right now for equity. So this has me more cautious. Um, so does the dollar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I wouldn't personally want to see much of a move lower um, than where we are right now here in TLT. Yeah, um, and let's just uh, let's just take a look at our very interest rate sensitive IWM here. You know, we were looking yeah. at it yesterday before that CPI number. We're like, get back at the high in the move here, and boom, that was uh, that was snuffed out. So, I mean, how how excited can you get about you know the IWM and you know with rate? I, I mean, higher for longer, stable for longer is what I said. Uh, what's your take on the IWM small caps? Well, this is just, you know, exactly what I was just mentioning uh, a minute ago about, you know, selling the rip and buying the dip. I mean, this thing continues to kind of trade in a range, right? We're not, this is not trending the same way that the S&P and the Qs are, um, you know, and it had some really nice outperformance, uh, you know, leading up until yesterday. But I think this is like, as you get to the top of the range, you want to be selling IWM. Right. Unless something really changes with uh, Mr. Powell and the Fed, um, it's going to be that type of a market um, where we get to the top of the range, sell it. Um, for now, I I'm impressed, you know, even though it was down um, pretty decently yesterday and underperforming, it still held its 50 day moving average. So that's what I would watch going forward. Um, you know, I would be buying the dip against that 50 day moving average if you really wanted to be in the small caps but i think that there's better places to be yeah it just seems like it just seems like the market too i mean it, it's fighting the tlt it's fighting the dollar it's yeah. fighting potential higher inflation but you know what that just uh you know that just seems to be the uh 
you know, the overall, uh, you know, just when you're in a bull market, uh, you're in a bull market here. Uh, I see someone popped on here, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him. Oh, he could. Oh, that bring on feature. On. <laughs> Triple D, how are we doing? I'm okay. It was a bad stomach flu. Two to four o'clock in the morning was just Ooh. a disaster, and I'm like, I think I'm dying. And you know what? I just think I kind of got through it. I would have considered it food poisoning, but my boy had same stomach flu Saturday night. So, and he was sick into Sunday. So, okay. you know, you go the two day, like 48 hour incubation. And I probably pretty much had the same symptoms, like no fever, no chills, just gastro thing. Like your stomach's hurting. And then you know, obviously the throw up fest, which wasn't a hell of a lot of fun, but I just heard you guys talking about the IWM. And I just wanted to come in and comment here too, Christian, because it's great points you're making and it is in a trading range. I just want to talk about the separation that you have, because, you know, I've talked on this show a lot of times looking at the TLT and how the IWM and the TLT are often connected. Um, that Absolutely. hasn't been the case as much lately. IWM wants to go higher. It's trying to go higher, but the TLT is holding it back. And then you get tech stocks that just really don't care about the TLT nearly as much. I mean, they do, but a lot of these companies don't have debt. A lot of these companies you know, are being driven on an AI 100%. story that is yeah. real. So, I mean, it's hard to compare you know, and just say, well, TLT is going down. I'm going to sell everything. That wasn't happening last year when TLT was going down. They were actually hiding out in tech, if we remember. Tech had a very good year. TLT had a very rough year until it turned around in October. So I would say, you know, IWM, to your points here, Christian, we are still in a trading range. And until we see a significant rally in the TLT, it's hard to say we're going to break out of this IWM. So I think I'm with you. I think that this trading range that you're talking about stays intact until the IWM or until the TLT actually starts to get a lift so uh, yeah i yep. mean it it's uh you got your you got your clear resistance here and it just comes in at the 50 uh the 50 percent retracement uh from that that late 2021 high this is really uh not performed well on a you know on a relative basis but you know every everyone's waiting for that catch-up trade dennis and i guess uh to your point here with what we're seeing from the, uh, you know, from the inflation numbers, that's not going to be happening anytime soon. I want the catch-up trade, too. I mean, I have some value names. I'm a value investor at the core here. But, you know, sometimes you just got to switch up and see what's happening here. Um, and, and, you know, that's why, you know, I got on the AI train here. Really late last year, I was buying a lot of these stocks. But, you know, I also, you know, said that I felt NVIDIA wasn't as overvalued as everybody was saying when it was 400 I felt like SMCI was this, you know, micro cap potential value tr trade. Um, we, we had talked about it even before I put it in NASA. Everybody kind of knew when I came up with the NASA acronym, the stocks I'd been talking about, I was going to throw in there. And that's what I've done. Um, you know, so, so, and somebody was saying to me the other day, um, you know, all these stocks, NVIDIA, SMCI, there's no fundamentals driving it. And I, I don't know if I made this point on the show, but I completely disagree with that. It's all fundamentals driving it. You know, it's the story. It's the earnings growth. Like we've had bubbles before, Christian. You know, you've been in the markets a long time where you see stuff just go parabolic. You know, the meme stocks taking off that had absolutely no fundamentals behind them at all. And they crashed and burned. The difference with a stock like SMCI is they're trying to catch the price up to where the earnings growth potentially could be. I mean, exactly. I don't know if it's overshot here now, but. To say that this is just being driven and there's no fundamentals behind it is wrong in this case. It is all fundamentally driven here. Now, again, I don't know, but this market overshoots everything. You know, should the thing go straight to a thousand bucks, which it looks like it's trying to do? I mean, when I put it in my acronym and it was $300, I thought, you know, if it uh, gets to 500 or 600 by the end of the year, that would be a pretty good year. I mean, a month and a half later, the thing is 800. I've rang the register on some of it because it does feel a little bit too much too fast, but. I mean, this thing's up in a straight line. I mean, you know, what? but but, but Christian, I'm going to ask you this question, though. Let's just say you're long some of these stocks like NVIDIA and SMCI, and you believe in AI like I do myself. I go to sell SMCI. I go to sell NVIDIA. I go to sell AMD. Where am I going? Where am I going for the AI trade? What's the trade? Am I going to Palantir? I mean, where, where am I going? So, well, so where does that money go to? 
Well, a couple of things. I agree with you about the fundamentals. I mean, SMCI put together phenomenal numbers. Um, so one week from today, guess what we have? Right? We've, we've got NVIDIA reporting earnings. So I think, and if you notice the price action yesterday and how quickly these things are being bought up on the dip, I mean, there's still that um, that buy the dip mentality in these names. And these names just did so much better, you know, going back to what you were just, just discussing with with uh, with IWM. But I think that this will continue um, until you have that next data point of the fundamentals. And if the fundamentals are there again for NVIDIA, then, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the, the show goes on. Um, yeah. If it doesn't, you know, then it could be a rotation. Um, you know, another group too that, that I thought was acting really well yesterday was the cyber group. Now there's They're some unreal. Yeah. I mean, so you look at CrowdStrike yesterday and CrowdStrike, the dip was bought, you know, so much instantly. faster. Yeah. In instantly. Ex exactly. So I think that group is still alive and kicking too. And if you see for whatever reason, like if, if, you know, if NVIDIA doesn't blow the doors off their quarter um, a week from now, like that could be an area that, um, you know, unfortunately just hasn't really had much of a dip because but, yeah. I, but I'm just going to take, you know, and just, just say here, on AMD, for instance, they did not blow their numbers away. Correct. AMD actually's quarter wasn't that good at all. You know, there's obviously the potential here, but that dip still got bought. Like, I think if NVIDIA comes out, and I honestly think they're going to blow the numbers away. I really do. I don't think they're going to come out and miss. But the bears are holding to this. Wait till next week. Wait till next week when NVIDIA reports and they don't meet the higher expectations. This thing's going to tank. Dan Nathan's on CNBC every day calling the top on NVIDIA. And he says this could fall 200 points just like that. You know why it's not going to fall 200 points just like that, in my opinion? Because there's so much underneath demand here. Joel, the AMD quarter was not good, and they bought that thing right back. I mean, you think this NVIDIA story is going away? Like, does Dan Nathan just think it's just a bubble? We're not going to go. It's this AI story. So I think that there's so much underneath demand. I think even if NVIDIA didn't hit the higher expectations, it could fall 100 bucks. But you know what? I think money managers be like, oh, thank you. I can get in this stock because you know what? Tim Seymour made this point a couple of weeks ago too. Imagine being a money manager and you don't own NVIDIA in your long-term portfolio. You're worried about your job is what he said. And I mean, that's the truth. Like you're a tech investor. If you've got a tech fund and you don't have NVIDIA in there and it's going like this, you're buying any dip you get. And that's why yesterday the NVIDIA dip gets bought before anything else. That's why the CrowdStrike dip gets bought before anything else. Because these are the stocks that have been the performers. These are the momentum names that people want to see in their portfolios to say, my money manager knows what he's doing. He's on these. So the underneath demand here is incredible. But let's throw out the scenario where actually NVIDIA does beat their numbers. Oh. I mean, the pain trade could still be somewhat higher here because I don't feel like everybody thinks everybody's bullish NVIDIA. Every single guest that comes on NVIDIA on CNBC says NVIDIA is a bubble. I think the yeah. driver here is just the fact that a lot of people don't own it. Uh, we were talking about the $700 level and how uh, NVIDIA, it had that big pause at 500 didn't blink at 600 I was waiting to see what happened at 700 Well, the blue through it, it got nearly to 750 But look where that dip came down to yesterday. I mean, if you're looking at your daily highs and lows, uh, well, you didn't quite get to, uh, the four-day low at 694.55, but you did get under that psychological $700 level. So old-time closing high. I just will alert our traders and investors. You did have a triple close area here at the 722 uh, from the last three sessions. So if somehow you get a dip, that would still be green on the session. Uh, uh, 722 is a triple close area. Old time cl closing high, 722.48. Triple D, we only have a Before couple. Before we get Chris, I want to just go to Christian one more time here. I know we okay. got to go up against the clock, but um, Christian, give us a couple other tech stocks. I mean, that you're looking at here because I'm still, you know, looking for more tech stocks. I was asking, asking Gene Munster even on Twitter. I said, is there any tech stocks out there? that haven't gone yet, that are sleepy, that are setting up. And then maybe they've gone, but just in a consolidation period that you think are ready to go because you're a momentum trader. I know you've got a few you're hiding there. Um, is there anything <laughs> that, you know, sleepy tech trades that maybe have been in consolidation periods for a while that you think, you know, we should be buying on the recent dip that we just had? 
Well, I mean, I like this, uh, you know, what I was really focused on yesterday was just noticing what names were holding up very well or, you know, coming back really mm -hmm. quickly. I like this VRT. Now, this is another play, too, on on tech and, and a little bit of like what SMCI does, too. But I think this is a nice name in here, too, to trade versus, you know, support of around like 58. So, um, you know, I was looking at Palantir yesterday. I actually tried to trade a little a little bit yesterday. Um, and just decided I, I, I didn't want another position, um, you know, considering the volatility, you know, when the VIX shot up to 17. But VRT is a, a name that I'm watching. You know, even just I, I tend to sometimes even look at some of the lower volatility names. And like, you know, even like IBM has been kind of hanging out here. And, um, you know, I do look at names that I, I looked uh, at that yesterday, Christian. Yeah, IBM. I, mean, I look at the names that had good earnings, you know, and say, OK, what, you know, how much are these things pulling back and you know is it a little bit of a buying opportunity so yeah i mean and then then there's this guy too you know microsoft um you know microsoft kind of came back in it wasn't the strongest name yesterday but that's also a name that i'm watching too um versus support like you could use a 20-day moving average i'm watching basically the 400 level in um in microsoft and um you know again just sticking right now like if rates are going to do what they're doing and the dollar is going to do what they're doing i feel a little bit better in something like even like an amazon too you know amazon had good earnings hasn't really done anything right yeah. and um i'm also watching um not physically but netflix um you know <laughs> you know netflix ah. is is also a name too that you know again it doesn't have the ai theme or anything like that but you know i, I just like the fact that it had really good earnings and um it's not extended here so i'm watching this one too to say okay um you know if it kind of holds support right i'm going to try to get back involved in this one Dennis, before I let you go, I don't know how you were feeling after hours and stuff, but there was just some incredible moves there. Oh, uh, the, the yeah. wicked reversals. You know, and you guys covered it well. I listened to the entire show. And Christian, you did a fantastic job, as always. We know what we get with you. That's why when I'm sick, I'm like, I was even thinking the same thing before Joel called you. I was like, go get Christian, because we know Christian <laughs> do a really good job here. Oh, the chat thanks, loves guys. you um i mean the wicked reversals you started with talking about you know um obviously lift and that was on the typo but then airbnb was actually before lift and it was up at like 167 then they just pull the rug and they tank the thing um and then i watched the lift reversal so then i'm like well you know what upstart was down like eight bucks and i'm like i'm buying some upstart here at 25 not because i like the company but because they're reversing stuff you know, and they're looking at dips. So I actually did buy some upstart down at 25. I sold it later in the session at 27. So I didn't quite, you know, it's up at 28 here now. But I mean, just I waited. To, I didn't just, you know, and, and again, when you're doing these reversal trades, I want to make this point very clear. Don't be a hero and be right out there right away because you could be on left shorting at 14, 15, say it's overdone and it goes to 20. Wait till the weakness starts to show. With left, you couldn't because it just tanked. I mean, that was an incredible fall. But, you know, uh, you, you've, you've just got to be careful with the upstart buy. I waited till it stopped going down. Like it was sitting down here for like 15, 20 minutes, finding its legs. I'm not I'm not always doing that, but it felt like it was like reversal night in earnings. So I felt like we could like lift up there a little bit here, pun kind of intended. And um, um, that's what we got. So there's a time and place to be a hero, but try to wait until you actually start to see the strength again. Brian Shannon always saying, even on the short-term charts, buy the strength after the dip. Yeah. Don't just come in there and buy that initial dip. So, I mean, there's, there's, a, but, but last night, Joel, the earnings reversals were nothing short of incredible. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to just uh, wrap things up here, Dennis. Thanks a lot for coming on and I appreciate it. I mean, you did have the dip yesterday. Also that, that upstart had earnings. So, you know, to take it to the report, I think, or you did the no, trading. I, no, no, I bought it after the report. After the report. I, the only okay. reason I did that trade was because I saw what happened with Airbnb. Obviously okay. Lyft was done in the typo, but it felt like earnings reversal nights. All I, my job is to recognize patterns and trader behavior. And these short-term patterns sometimes, you know, just show up at night. Like, there's no algo programmed, oh, what we're doing. But you could see there was multiple reversals last night. I'm like, well, maybe Upstart gets a little lift here just because it's probably an overshoot too. These algos were overshooting left, right, and center. We also saw a firm last week was the same story. And I obviously couple Upstart in with the firm where a firm had reported. And then it chopped around a lot. It actually was way down. It's reported came all the way back up to even. And then it started to leak afterwards. 
So, you know, I'm already out of the upstart trade. I don't know where it goes from here, but there's those short-term trades that you can extract alpha from. I mean, that's a 10% trade there. When you buy it at 25, you know, and you and bring it up to 27. 27, yeah. Yeah, 27 and change. I mean, these are real trades. Now, again, there's risk. So, you know, I don't always, I'm not going all in, put my old trading account, buying a dip on upstart, but we can recognize patterns. That's all of this trading is about. So, but Christian, right, again, thank you very much, Christian, you know, stepping in for me. Because um, I'm feeling good. Like, I'm feeling pretty good. But I just didn't want to, like, push it here when I was, like, up all night with the <laughs> nauseous. No, no. So. It's more more important that you're feeling good. I just – I My just pleasure. Direct... Feel, feel better, by the way, Dennis. What do the Bears have to do today, Christian? That's what I'm going to ask you. And, Dennis, I'm going to ask you, too. You had the – I mean, it was the first sign of life in the Bears in weeks. And now it's in their face now. What are you looking at here for the Bears to kind of like, man, I mean, do, right yep. now it doesn't even look like we're going on change. It's just, is this just another a false break? Is there anything the Bears can do to turn the tide? I'm watching TLT. I, I'm I, again. I'm I'm really concerned that if if rates continue to go higher, if TLT go continues to go lower, I think that that's a big headwind for equities and you know things like IWM, solar companies, you know companies with higher debt, like they're really going to underperform if that's the case. Okay, and and, and, right. that, and that's where the value catch-up trade maybe lags until we start to see some life from TLT. Like we started seeing life from Christian making such a fantastic point in in December, really after Powell talked about you know potentially lowering rates without the inflation data. You know, like still we were still kicking up at four percent, but then he started talking about it. Well, that's a full pivot. That's a green light go for the IWM, and we know after that the IWM ripped from one eighty five up to two oh two oh four two oh three. Well, now, you know, we've pushed it back a little bit. So those people who are all excited about coming in here, buying, you know, the IWM, the value catch-up trade has been postponed. It's not eliminated. It's not just gone, but it's been postponed here. We're talking about a May cut. Maybe some people are even talking about a June cut here now, not a merge cut. So that's why it's like, well, I'm going to sit around here and watch all these tech stocks continue to go up, or I'm going to sit in here and try to, you know, play a value trade that may not catch fire for another month or two. I think it's the latter or the, the the prior. I don't think IWM's just got this imminent turnaround until we actually see TLT start to rise and rates start to go down. All right. Thanks again to Christian. Dennis, thanks for coming on. We're going to go up. The S&P's up 22 handles here, 44.93.75. Uh, IWM performing well. Let's see if uh, we can get to those pre-market highs. We'll be hearing from Mark Chaikin tomorrow, Chaikin Analytics. Folks, thanks for joining me today, helping the show go smoothly. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning.